Hi, welcome to my podcast, where today I'll talk about Jesus telling the rich young ruler how to follow him. My name is Tim Harner. I am a Christian author and apologist, a graduate of Houghton College and of Harvard Law School, where I was an editor of the Harvard Law Review. As an attorney, my primary role has been as a general counsel. Therefore, I call the six books that I've written the General Counsel series. The first four books of the series outline the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, providing scriptural backing for the final installments of the series that outline the history of America and the history of the Church Universal. I post my latest thoughts regularly on my website, timharner.com. For this podcast, please reflect on the questions, Why do you think God is good? Why do you think Jesus is good? What do you lack in your life? Why is wealth so deceitful? What keeps you from the life you want? And now, as I talk about Jesus telling the rich young ruler what to do to inherit eternal life, let's pray that the Lord will let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in the sight of the Lord our God, who is our strength and our Redeemer. Today's thoughts are based on the chapter, Jesus Tells the Rich Young Ruler How to Follow Him, in my book, Hoping in the Lord. Since it's so simple to do what God wants, why do we find it impossible to do it? Why aren't we always welcoming little children, taking them in our arms, putting our hands on them, and blessing them? For many of us, the stumbling block to doing what God wants is what the parable of the sower calls the deceitfulness of wealth. Too often, we are like seeds sown among thorns. We hear the word of God, but the deceitfulness of wealth comes in and chokes the word, making it unfruitful. Such a person came to Jesus as Jesus started on his way after taking the children in his arms putting his hands on them and blessing them. This person had obviously been touched by Jesus' teachings, and perhaps by observing the tenderness with which Jesus held the little children. So the man ran up to Jesus and fell on his knees before him. A conversation began between this eager, earnest young man and Jesus. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Like most good teachers, Jesus responded to a question with another question. Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. I suspect that Jesus had several motives for asking this question. One motive was to get the man thinking about who Jesus was. Was Jesus really just a man, or was Jesus something more? Was Jesus God himself? And I think the other motive was to get the man thinking about what there was about Jesus that made the young man think that Jesus was good. Was it the moral content of what Jesus taught? Was it the way Jesus treated children? Because whatever the young man believed made Jesus good was what the young man should start believing and doing if he wanted to inherit eternal life. Apparently, the man was stumped by this question. 
or at least his answer is not recorded for us. So, again, like a good teacher, Jesus reminded the man of something he already knew in order to help him answer the question. Jesus said, If you want to enter life, obey the commandments. Which ones, the man inquired. He wanted Jesus to answer his specific initial question. What good thing must I do to get eternal life? Jesus replied by referring to major commandments that must have been well known to the man. Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false testimony. Honor your father and your mother, and love your neighbor as yourself. Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. What do I still lack? I hear anguish and frustration in the man's voice. He's sincerely done the best he can. He kept all these commandments, and yet, deep in his heart, he knows he still lacks something. Now he's desperate to hear from Jesus how to fill this void in his life. He's looking like so many people, but especially like so many earnest, enthusiastic young people, to find out what good thing he must do to set everything right. In the face of such earnest desperation, Jesus looked at him and loved him. It's hard to look at someone and truly love them when they come seeking help. In our hearts, we tend to be like Pharisees, eager to make ourselves look good and the other person look bad. Or we tend to get sidetracked into theological issues designed to show our superior intellect and erudition. But Jesus always loves anyone who sincerely seeks to find out what their life lacks. And since Jesus loves us, he always tells us the truth even when it's not what we want to hear. With this young man, Jesus confirmed, one thing you lack. Then Jesus told him the one thing he didn't want to hear. Go, sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Jesus followed this difficult command with the most wonderful invitation the young man would ever receive. Then come, follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. The deceitfulness of wealth had claimed another victim. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. I assume that Jesus' voice was full of sadness as he saw the young man walk away. Because Jesus was not trying to be nasty when he asked the man to give away everything to the poor. The man himself knew that his life lacked something. Jesus agreed. So Jesus was trying to help the man see that the deceitfulness of wealth was keeping him from the life he wanted. The man needed to stop hoping in his money and start hoping in the Lord. The disciples were amazed that Jesus thought that it was hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. In their culture, it was felt that riches were a blessing from God, showing that a person was living a good life. 
So Jesus's observation conflicted with the popular assumption that rich people were righteous people. Despite the disciples' amazement, Jesus did not retract or modify his statement. Instead, Jesus said again, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of heaven. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Now the disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, Who then can be saved? Who has not asked that question when confronted with how Jesus requires us to live? If Jesus isn't asking us to sell everything we own, then he's asking us to do other impossible things, such as touching lepers and loving our enemies. Whether it's troubles, persecutions, the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, or the desire for other things, Jesus demands that we rid our lives of all such things that hinder us from running the race that is set before us, the race to follow Jesus to the promised land. Anyone who is honest with themselves must despair of ever being good enough to follow Jesus. Like the disciples, we wonder who then can be saved. Fortunately, Jesus gives us the same answer he gave the disciples. With man, this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. If we hope in ourselves, we will fail. Our lives will always lack the one thing we most want. We will go away sadly from Jesus instead of accepting his invitation to follow him. But if we hope in the Lord, we will succeed. We will live fruitful lives that lack nothing of importance. We will follow Jesus faithfully regardless of how often we face troubles, persecutions, the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desire for other things. Hoping in the Lord is the good thing we must do to get eternal life, the good thing we must do to follow Jesus across the ocean of sin to the promised land. I hope you enjoyed this podcast today. If you did, please share it with a friend and find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, as well as on my website, timharner.com. My book, Hoping in the Lord, contains citations to sources, including the scriptures. Until we are together again, may the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord make his face to shine upon us and be gracious unto us. May the Lord turn his face toward us and give us peace.